This is Get Unstuck Radio Episode 9 Small Business Finance 101 with Don Kennedy Welcome to Get Unstuck Radio The place to brainstorm with you on business and life strategy To get unstuck with system, automation and delegation And also to get clarity for sustainable business and lifestyle I'm your host, Mukita Panmuk Let's get unstuck Hi, thank you so much for joining me, Dal Kennedy from um, Enter Money Coach. Thank you so much for today. Thank you for inviting me here. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I mean, this is very interesting because like you have attorney background. I also have um, attorney background as well, but I'm not practiced, but I also graduated from law school and certify in that sense. So yeah. I know how hard we have worked until we get these things settled. But how things change to you to become a money coach? So that's a great question. I actually was in law school and um, my husband and I were running a consulting business it's back in 2011, 2012, 2013. November 1st of 2013, my husband had a near fatal accident. He fell off a ladder 18 feet onto concrete oh and our God. business closed. I mean, you know, he got hurt, seriously injured and we ended up having to spend um, some time. He, three years in rehabilitation. And during that time, we realized that we made a lot of money mistakes as small business owners. Mm. And um, those mistakes took us 39 months to get out of. We had to pay off about $76,000 US, um, including some tax liens because we didn't pay our self-employment taxes because we made errors and mistakes. And as we were coming out of all of this, I realized that I did not want other people to end up in the same problem. So part of my first set of law practice was actually protecting consumers. Mm. So I was a consumer law attorney protecting them from debt um, and helping them get out of it. And I went to school to become a financial coach because I realized that once people got out of the immediate crisis of a, a financial issue, I had to prevent them from going back in there, right? So there's a lot of education and we have to change our habits around money. And so from there, you know, over about two years, every client I started getting had a small business. So I was just coaching small businesses over and over and um, eventually started working not just with the family on the family budget, but on the business, making it grow and be more secure so that the family could take a paycheck. So that's how oh, yeah. that ended. That's very yeah. important. And I understand the feeling of like frustration regarding to financial side mm-hmm. and also especially the small business, right? It's very good that you mentioned that um, the 50% of small business fail within the first five years. Not even think about the first year that they already started and they have mm-hmm. to make some return on investment that they have put into the business already. Yep. Yeah, I think the most latest statistic that I read was something like 27.2% in the first year, just never make it past the first year. So yeah. they'll close, you know, within the first 12 months. So to me, that's like one in four. That's a lot of businesses that are struggling and um, for various reasons, I'm sure. But that's a very high percentage that if you're going to enter the marketplace and open your small business, you got a one in four shot of having to close. That seems really high. Yeah, I know. Because of my generation somehow these days, we are quite promote the entrepreneurship and laptop lifestyle, right? So yes. we could say that this is also somehow a small business because solopreneur and like small team also still small business. We are SME and it's easy to start. I always say that. It's just yes. like 
one click away somehow. Since you already decided that you're going to go for it, it's easy to start. But the hard part is to make it work. Right. And, you know, it's amazing that you say that the laptop lifestyle entrepreneurship, it is. When you are bringing your gifts and your passion out into the marketplace, and it's not just a hobby, you're doing it to make money to support yourself at some level, that is entrepreneurship. That is starting a small business. So I think um, the intent of people bringing their things to the marketplace in exchange for a living wage of some kind, that's where I start to call things small business. So yes, it'd be one person on the team. It could be one person and several um, part-time, you know, like independent contractors. Hey, I need a marketing consultant. Hey, I need a virtual assistant. Hey, I need this. That is definitely all business. And, you know, the same struggles that we have as far as being able to support our businesses and to be able to take a paycheck every month, a couple of times <laughs> to make sure that you're eating and taking a shower. That is just universal. And especially as we're first starting out, it just, it just takes a little bit to kind of get visibility out there and, you know, start to exchange, if you will, your value for money. Yeah, 100%. And for me personally, um, because right now high ticket program and high ticket sellings are very popular mm -hmm. and quite trendy. We mm -hmm. have to accept that it's everywhere for real. I found that one of the problem of like trying to find a client's reoccurring in that sense. Um, I still want to get paid monthly, at least. Mm -hmm. I want some reoccurring revenue that happen at the back end all the time because I want right. the back flow, the cash flow coming in every month. I feel better. So personally, I still prefer to have somehow salary or like monthly income. Right. What do you think in that sense? Because if you sell high ticket as a project, where you mm -hmm. get a lump sum of money coming in, but still you still have operation part and yep. many other factors that you have to take care of. Right, so um, one way to set this up, and I'm more the mechanics of money, so I don't do as much mindset work as a lot of other coaches. Uh, a couple of ways that I encourage people to, if they get a lump sum, to make sure that they're managing their cash flow, is to open a second account. So you have an account, we're going to call your operating account. Then we're going to open a second account and we're going to call that your holding account. Oh, and you can oh. actually put the money that you haven't quite earned yet. Like let's say they pay you for three months. You can put two months of that money into a holding account and then you can just draw off it as you need to, to pay expenses. Mm. So that's one way to do it. The other one um, is, you know, instead of having the two accounts used like a check register and segregate the money separately, because in that first month, you know, and sometimes things come up and you have to use it a little sooner than maybe you should. But generally speaking, as long as you're treating the money that comes in every month as money you can use in the month, and then the other money is the money you're going to use the month that you've made it, the month that you've earned it. Uh, that can help with cash flow issues because then you don't spend it all at once and then you're working for a couple of months and not able to get any income so you can pay yourself monthly yeah um i read about profit first that mm -hmm. i should have pay myself first um can you explain a little bit since you are expert in this i mean many people will benefit from this trust me because there are too many method or framework that you can go for the financial part of business. But right. I believe in the smallest effort to make things simplest and work yes. every time. 
Right. So I'm actually not a profit first coach. I actually read the book and I have a lot of friends who are. My my approach um, is called the B number approach. And the way oh. that we start is we look at the four walls of business. So we're going to protect the inside of your business. These are the things that continue to keep your doors open and allow you to make money month over month. So the way that we start is we're going to start with this number and it's a breakthrough number. That's where the B number came from. So we look at the four walls individually and we don't look at anything else. So the first wall we're going to look at is, you know, Hey, this is my internet. I have to get to my buyer. I have a brick and mortar. I have rent and utilities. Hey, people call me on the phone. I got to pay my cell phone. So the very first thing we're going to look at the most prioritized expenses are going to be those that access your buyer. Um, because if you don't access your buyer, you can't make money. Then the second wall is going to be your critical operating expenses. So this is, you know, you maybe have some software expenses that you pay for every month. Um, you know, I worked with a graphic designer who paid for an Adobe suite every month. If she didn't buy that every month, she couldn't do her graphic design work. Uh, if you have to pay to process your payments, right? Some uh, payment processors have like a $15 a month charge or something. Then if you don't pay for those, how do you take money? You know, how do you take a card? So we want to protect those critical operating expenses, the ones that you have to have to stay in business. And again, prioritize those. Then the third wall, those are your inventory and your products. So for example, if you have a salon and you use certain types of hair products, if you don't keep those in stock, how can you do your services? You can't. So what we want to do is the next thing we want to look at is what are the critical things that I need to, to keep myself you know, in business. And for a lot of people on that laptop lifestyle, we actually don't have too many things on the third wall there. Um, and that's okay. But I always want to run you through it anyway, because I do actually have a couple of um, coaches that I've worked with that gift their clients things like journals and things like that when they sign on. Well, that's something that they have to kind of keep in stock and pay for out of pocket um, before they can give their services. So it's really anything across that spectrum. It might be you know, hair dye, or it might be journals, or it might be something like that. And the important thing about this is we're just trying to really think through very methodically, what does it really cost me to be in business? What do I have to put out of pocket before I can make my first money? And then the last one, wall four, that's your payroll and your payroll expenses. So this is your personal paycheck and taxes. And then if you have any employees, their paychecks and their taxes. And when we add these four walls together, this actually gives us a great number that says, once you make this every month, your business is self-sustaining. 100%, because guess what? Everything is covered and you're getting paid. Because if you're not getting paid as the entrepreneur, it's much harder to show up and serve month after month after month after month. I mean, we need a tangible reward. We need to be able to pay our personal bills. That's the one thing that I really differ with the profit first model is I don't think that profit going first is bad or you pay yourself first is bad. I think that by not having a holistic view of one specific number that you need to reach for every month, we can start to lose ourselves because we will, we want to pay the other things first. So we're going to want to maybe take off some money and put it in an account first where really that doesn't necessarily say that we're self-supporting. Once you hit that B number every single month, everything you make above that is, is truly profit. Yeah. That's money you can use for whatever else you want, marketing budget. You can use it to do, um, you know, any debt that you may have in the business. Any of those kinds of things can all be paid after you get to your B number, your magic number every month. 
wow. the other thing about that number too, I'm going to throw this out there. I've actually been using it with some of my clients for forecasting. So you can actually use the same method to determine whether or not you want to add something to your business. Maybe you want to add an employee. Yeah. So you can run the numbers on that and it can show you how your baseline number for the month will change if you add a particular thing like a service or an employee. Oh, so you wow. can actually use that number for forecasting too for your oh. expenses. Wow, I'm so glad that I get to talk to you today because this is like <laughs> opened my mind. So it's actually resonate with me in terms of when I think, how much do I want? Like when mm -hmm. I tell my clients in terms of operation plan, how much yeah. do you have to make? Because it has to be all the expenses and costs plus profit and plus, plus profit, fifty percent because it have to go back to the business. You know, so it's actually like three times somehow i just think it like roughly three times from the expenses that would be and this would be something that you take home yeah i mean that's very important people just think that okay this is my monthly income goal without mm -hmm. thinking how many things consist within this money right and yeah and that does include paying yourself. And as entrepreneurs, we're the last ones to get paid most of the time. You know, we're going to tell ourselves, no, no, I'm going to pay for all these things first. Um, and we think it's okay, you know, to be like the, the starving entrepreneur and to be struggling. And it seems like it's some kind of badge of honor, you know, to, to be building our business and, and doing that. And the, the fact is, is it, it very much wears us out if we're not able to have tangible rewards for what we're doing. And I know I understand the startup and the, and the, you know, doing it on a shoestring, but the reality is once you have this number, you know what you have to hit every month um, until you hit that number, there's really not much else you need to worry about. You just got to figure out how to get to that number every month. And then you can change that number as you get more and more into business. And I agree with you with, um, you're going to want to go ahead and add profit in on top of that. But again, the money that I look at is anything above that number really truly is yours to do with whatever you want because it isn't already allocated to something in the business to supporting your operations. Yeah, hundred percent. And in terms of, so these are the numbers of expenses, like necessary priority expenses that you use this word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The reason I call them walls, I'll just explain that. So the reason I call them walls is I think of your business as like a home mm -hmm. and you're going to protect what's on the inside of the house and then the inside of the home before you take and take care of anything on the outside. Because those particular things we just talked about, that's what allows you to continue to make money month over month. 100%. That's what I worry about is can I stay yeah. in the game? Can I keep fighting another month? Can I still make money? And sometimes if we don't prioritize those things and we pay for other things first and we don't have the money to, let's say, pay our internet bill, we cut off our clients and that cuts off our money. I know. Yeah. That doesn't <laughs> make sense, right? Instead of you're going to make more money, but because you couldn't afford that. Yeah. 100%. Wow. This is so important. Um, and what about when we make, so this is, the, the idea of like the numbers, B numbers, right? But then how much we should put back into the business? So anything you make above and beyond your B number. And I'm, I'm going to say it this way too. When you start to figure out your fourth wall, when you start to figure out your income wall, 
you can decide to make your paycheck, you know, smaller. So you can decide to take maybe a third of what you would dream to take home or something like that. And that's okay. You can adjust the income. Um, I'm sorry, not the income, but the expenses across those walls, however you want to make it leaner, to take less money. Um, where your profit goes after that, I have what's called profit parking lots. And I actually want you to do three things. So the first thing I want you to do is set up an emergency fund. And I want you to end up saving three times that magic B number. And I want you to put that into an account over time. And here's why. If something happens to your business, if you need to pivot, if you need to change audiences, if something happens, if you have three times that number in your bank account, you actually have a full quarter in which to make your pivot. You have a full quarter in which to write the ship, if you will, if something's going on, and you write yourself a paycheck for those three months. That is something that we didn't do. We didn't manage our business this way uh, when we lost Unique Consulting. Had we done that, I don't think people are going to have tragic incidents like my husband did, but I would have had a full quarter, three months, that I could have kept taking paychecks for my household. Mm. I could have actually been winding down my business and taking paychecks for three months. And instead, the money, it just stopped. And what do you do when you have a family that's no longer making income that fast? Um, I didn't give myself, you know, a fighting chance to transition to something else. Mm -hmm. In terms of personal finance, mm -hmm. art and the business finance, are they separate? Because when you're talking about emergency fund, I also think that normally, well, yeah, it might be the same thing. I already have the financial fund account separately. You know, I also have too many accounts as well. So okay. yeah. So in that sense, does it should be separate only for business or as you mentioned, in case things happen, because that's life, um, it could be in the same account. So personal and business is always separate. Never want the two to come together because your, your business has its own financial identity. So we always want to keep that separate. And that's a really great question because yes, on the personal side, you should have some money for personal emergencies, but this is for business emergencies. This is all of a sudden something happens and you get sick and you can't work for a month. If you can't work for a month and you can't take a paycheck from your business or you can't pay your internet bill or whatever else have you, because you haven't scrolled a little bit of money away for the business to protect it then you're actually setting yourself up to be one of those statistics of a business that fails. Businesses often fail um, for debt and taxes, but also for capital. They don't have the same capital expenses and they don't have cash reserves. If you don't have cash, then you can't protect your cash flow. And if you can't pay your bills and people come knocking for their money, a lot of times, unfortunately, businesses, they close. Mm -hmm. So what this does is if you think about it, it, it protects your businesses like another level. Um, a lot of times here's what people think. Oh, I got to fund my emergency fund. Well, let's say that your B number is a thousand dollars a month. You would put three times that number into an account and then it would just sit there. Then anything else then becomes profit. Do you see what I'm saying? So we, we took care of you know, securing the business first. And then after that, you don't have to keep depositing into it over and over. All I want you to do is I want you to be protected so that if something does happen, let's say you have a down sales month, where are you going to get the money? You're going to end up in your personal pocket, meaning that your personal 
money is still supporting the business. Or you go ahead into the emergency fund for a temporary period of time and you pay your bills out of that. Which one better protects you as an individual also? Because now you're still maintaining your own personal emergency fund. So always keep them separate. Um, after that, the second thing, and this again gets to, you know, before profit, I also talk about something called a cyclical fund, a C fund. And what this does is this protects the operating account because we all have expenses that are not monthly expenses, right? So we might have licensing fees once a year. We might have something that comes up every three months or six months. And those um, expenses are typically a lot higher than our monthly expenses. So if it costs us $15 for something annually, we would multiply that by 12 and we have to come up with a bigger chunk of money at the same time. If you add all of those expenses together that your business pays annually or semi-annually, and divide that by 12, you're gonna make a very small deposit each month towards those expenses. And after one year, it'll be completely self-supporting. Mm -hmm. So if you have $480 worth of expenses a year, you have to renew your license, you have to um, you know, renew some annual subscription or whatever it is, every business is different, but on an average, I've seen most businesses have five to six of these types of bigger expenses that are, are billed, not monthly, but at some other, frequency. And instead of depositing 480 or having to come up with that in one month, if you deposit just $40 a month, you can pay that bill when it comes around. That means yeah. you don't have to go into your operating account that month. You don't have to go into your main account and try to make that money all in one month because you've thought ahead and you've just deposited a little bit each month. I see the picture now. Like, things get a lot clearer in that sense. And I totally agree with you. Oh, I'm so grateful I got to talk to you today. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I trying to do that unknowingly as well. Like I have some like yearly expenses and I just keep mm -hmm. that account because it's free, right? Like just keep right. it and I just put the number that I have to reach that. So I just keep yes. like transfer to that account every month. Like, okay, this Perfect. is what I have to pay at certain point. Um, so yeah, that makes sense. But I feel like, this is something that, for example, the person just start a business, like mm -hmm. first few weeks or first month even. Right. It's very important, I know. It's necessary to um, implement this mindset, especially uh -huh. on the first day, because things will be a lot easier to document, you know. But they will feel overwhelmed because they don't see the number yet. Right. So the biggest thing is not to let it overwhelm you in that once you know, for example, I always tell people just start with your B number. Let's get that number first. Then after that, let's start to work on that emergency fund or that C fund. And so those are the first three steps and that actually protects your business. And again, allows you to continue to make money, right? Because you're not going into it for large chunks of money or if something happens, you're not going to skip payments. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of the way that we do this. And actually what we do is we'll just say with the B numbers, like that's the number, you know, put it on a, a post-it note, put it on your computer. That's your first goal. That's your first goal for the month. And when they're first starting, when anybody is first starting a business, I know that it's very hard to take a paycheck. And, you know, I have something called Entree Payday where we celebrate every other week entrepreneurship and taking those paychecks and things. And I tell people, you know, take, take $10, take five pounds, take something as soon as you start to make a little extra because that rewards you. 
And I'm going to tell you as an entrepreneur, you're doing something that most people on the planet will never try. A lot of people will not go out and risk and try to run their own businesses. So there's something very special about the person who does. And there's nothing better than signing the front of a check, turning it over and signing the back of the check. Ooh. Right. It's yourself. Yeah. There's a lot of power in that. And it, it actually, you know, continues to motivate people. So when you're writing a check to yourself and you sign it, turn it over, sign it again, deposit it, you know, you're like, yeah, I did this. I went out, I made this money. You know, I went, um, to, to use like a caveman example, you know, I went out and I killed it and dragged it home myself. Somebody didn't just give this to me. You know, I didn't work for someone else. I did it myself. And I think the mindset that goes with that actually does continue to drive people to strive and do more because it's almost like an addictive feeling that it's like, yes, you know, I am self-empowered. And it also sometimes gets you through those months where business is not so great. I mean, business mm -hmm. is not always sunshine and roses, right? Business has ups and downs. But if you're consistently celebrating and giving yourself a little bit of this tangible reminder of why you're in business, I really do think that it helps keep your mindset in the positive of there's more than enough clients out here, customers out here. It's just my job to go find them. The universe will send them to me. And what I mean by the universe will send them is I truly believe that, you know, people are destined to work with us that things are given to us because we have a message to take to the world. And, you know, people are just, they're going to meet up with us and our clients will find us eventually or we'll find them. And so there's, you know, how do you stay paddling and treading water until maybe the next set of clients comes along? You recognize to remind yourself and remember that, you know, you're doing something that most people aren't and you're bringing your message to the world because it's been given to you for you to bring to the world. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I mean, that's, you have to empower yourself in that sense and you Absolutely. have to appreciate all the wins, even how small it is to keep yourself going further. I had a Cause at the time that I started and I didn't like, of course I want to see the bigger um, return on investment mm -hmm. in that sense. So right. I didn't appreciate along the way that, whatever happened like i get more partnership or like i get to know this person or so not these things are the wins in business because yeah. everything makes it grow further absolutely yeah so in that case if okay let's change the stage so that was we talked was about for those starter sort of startup mm -hmm. right when it's the time that they want to scale for example, from one person to just start having a team, like many of my clients currently, like they just start having a team and is they are in the transition period from solopreneur to become somehow CEO currently, how things change in terms of financial. Great. So once you've gotten uh, to a point where you'll understand this, where you're doing the bottleneck, right? Where you're having just enough productivity and then you're just getting, you know, those couple of people on and money starts to maybe get a little, little odd ball because you have it coming in, but it's going out on new expenses and you haven't quite gotten to where you have enough coming in to cover everything and, and kind of bump you to the next level, right? Cause we're, we're, more marketing budget because we want to grow a little bit or whatever. So once you get past that bottleneck, I have something called profit parking lots. Mm 
Hmm. Because I believe that your money has to have a goal. You have to have a reason for the money. You have to have a why. Um, and when we have a why for the money and we're very clear about what we want to do with it, I think it makes it easier sometimes when the days again start to get a little bit more difficult because it's like, no, you know, I need to do this. So profit parking lots, that's where that other money goes. Now, as you're adding on people, as you're adding on those expenses, you would adjust your B number to accommodate that. And then you would adjust your emergency fund to be covered. So if you add 200 pounds a month, to your B number, for whatever reason, as you're scaling, you would just add 600 pounds to your emergency fund to make sure you're covered and you can protect yourself at that level. And then everything else that comes in, you have a purpose for. Let's say you wanna buy Facebook ads. You would put that into a marketing um, profit parking lot, if you will. That's where you're gonna put your money. And you have a purpose for it. You're actually doing what we call spending planning. I don't use the budget word. People don't like budgets. They think they're restrictive. But I think you should plan for where your money goes. So let's say you have a project, you want to launch something, you want to bring something else to market, you want to hire somebody new, then yes, the money that you've been kind of putting aside for some of that, it does two things. So if you want to do a very large scale, you have something big coming up. As you know, in business, they don't just offer you money very easily. You have to have some capital that you're bringing also to the, to the party, right? They don't just give you, you know, a large check and say, here you go without having a good solid plan for how you're gonna spend that money, what your projected return on investment's gonna be, and the fact that you have some skin in the game. So by doing this with the profit parking lots, think about it, you actually also have demonstrated capital that you've been putting aside to be able to go to that next level, to be able to launch that next thing. And the importance of doing this is giving each and every dollar a name. In business, we like to sometimes do things that are not in our best interest, like calling things miscellaneous funds or petty cash, because the money runs off and spends itself. So if you give each and every dollar an assignment or pound or euro an assignment, you say, okay, you know, this right here, you guys are going to be used next month for Facebook ads. And you put that away for that and you give it a name, then it doesn't run off. And it allows you to, from just a bookkeeping point of view, the money that comes in is all allocated money out. Even if it's still parked in your operating account, it's got a name and it's going to go, it, you're going to do zero based budgeting basically at the end or zero based spending plans. So 2000 pounds come in, 2000 pounds are allocated. Maybe they're not all spent. Maybe you only needed a thousand dollars or a thousand pounds to cover your B number and your C fund or whatever. Um, very low overhead businesses like laptop lifestyle businesses do end up turning profit a lot faster. And if you are in a business that is a product-based business, you can actually use this number to help you find any hidden profit. Um, go ahead and calculate everything to make sure that you're priced correctly. So we use this for a bunch of different things. And at the end yeah. of the day though, yeah, everything that comes in is everything allocated going out then taxes are actually pretty easy at the end of the year. Um, you'll know exactly what you should have in each of your accounts because you know that you've assigned money to go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. People <laughs> argue with me a lot about I like to track numbers, but they don't understand how powerful the number is. You can think it's like as a whole idea, it's like overview of everything, including your life currently. That's how you're going to drive your business further. 
Yes. And, you know, the, the tracking thing, I think people um, sometimes get everyone. So I do work sometimes with creatives that aren't really fond of spreadsheets. They're not happy um, necessarily going on with Quicken or QuickBooks or anything. Not that there's anything wrong with those software, um, you know, products. I, I don't have any problem with them. But there are people who are not fond of those things. And so, you know, there's a way to do this pen and paper. There's a way to do this using maybe an app. I mean, there's lots of different ways to track your money. And, you know, I do have a pen and paper system that I teach all the time because I want people to understand this isn't scary. It's not tedious. It's not arduous. This is, this is your money coming in. You should account for it. You're going to probably every month have something, 20 bucks runs off or whatever it happens. But generally speaking, if you start to realize that you have a lot of money coming in and at the end of the month, you're missing lots of money, that's also an indicator that something's off. Maybe you're not priced correctly. Maybe every dollar in is every dollar going out because you haven't built in a good profit margin for each of your lines of business. Maybe you're in a startup in one phase of a line of business and you're getting ready to launch one thing and your other lines are still running. So your profit's down because you're investing all of your additional money back into the marketing for the launch and things like that. But you know, it's short term. So, you know, within 90 days, you're going to be able to start recovering that plus, you know, whatever profit you have built in that line. And I like to talk about lines of business. Basically, all that means is all of your offers, each of your lines of business is a service or a product or an offer that you bring to the world. So if you uh, have a monetized blog, that's a line of business. If you have a monetized Instagram account, that's a line of business. I don't just say social media. I actually do lines of business. I think if you can track each stream of income, you can also figure out where the holes are that need to be plugged as well as figure out where your opportunities are, maybe to make a, a small pivot to gain more market share or something like that. And market share is just a different or a bigger audience. Um, I have a background in strategic planning and program management. So uh, that requires me to, to think sometimes a little bit on a corporate level, but we as entrepreneurs aren't necessarily corporate, but we do have some of the same financial Yeah. Um, you know, things, they're just yeah. named differently. So different. We do them a little differently. Yeah. That's, I think the part that different would be the tax part. Cause like yeah. somehow, yeah. I mean, because there are many ways that you register a company, right? Partnership. I mean, I don't know about over there, but like from where I'm from Thailand, there would be. Yeah. It's the same. You have the, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. the partnership, you have limited, yeah. you have, right. Absolutely. Same way. But the, the ideas of expenses and the way that you do the bookkeeping is the same. Anyway, just who gonna do it? So right. this leads to my next question: That um, do we need bookkeeper at the early stage? Great question. So I actually was gonna jump in here and tell you I don't even do my own bookkeeping. So all I do honestly is control my income that comes in and my income that goes out. And here's why: the role of a bookkeeper, the role of an accountant, is to do maybe some of the tracking and stuff for you. It's not their job to find out where your profit's going. It's not their job to figure out if something is profitable. So your bookkeeper isn't going to look across your lines of business and say, hey, do you realize you're losing money on this? Um, I work with people sometimes who are out earning their mistakes, meaning they're making financial mistakes. Maybe they're giving away, you know, too much money or something like that. But um, their bookkeepers or their accountants don't point that out to them. That's not their role. That's not their job. Mm. So your job as the entrepreneur is to keep your mind, keep your eye 
on what you're serving, what you're bringing out to the world, and the fact that you're making money on it. If you're not making money, you cannot continue to impact what you're, what you're doing. So money equals impact. And, you know, I work with some people sometimes too who struggle to put maybe some profit into their things because they're worried about being seen as greedy. Oh, I make enough. No, 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 no. You need to go ahead and, you know, build in additional money at some percentage level or some flat fee to make sure that you are still building and reaching more people and more people, more people. I turn my stuff over to a bookkeeper. My accountant does my accounting and taxes. I don't touch any of that stuff because first of all, I don't like it. I just, I, I don't particularly care for that. And once I've really accounted for everything coming in, given it a name, given it a way to go out, um, my role as CEO is done. I have other things to worry about, but I know my numbers. I know what's coming for the month. I know, um, you know, what percentage of my goals I've reached. If I haven't reached a hundred plus, um, I can see where things might be going up or down on different things and, and can adjust accordingly. Because your job is to use these numbers as a way to guide your decision-making. Um, these numbers, though, are not reflective 100% on your success. And I think people miss that sometimes. They, they want to do some of these things and they think, well, if I'm not making more, I'm not being more successful. And as you pointed out, people level, they get into bottlenecks sometimes, operational things that happen in the short term as you're launching, as you're doing something. And, you know, they turn things over and they get the profit and loss statement back, maybe from the accountant, but that's not the whole picture. It's just for that month. Right. If you're not in control of the income coming in where you're not telling that money, what you're going to do, uh, what you're going to take care of or pay. And you know, when, when's the other thing? Cause I'm a very big cash flow protection type person. So you actually get to decide when bills get paid. And, um, if I could kind of give a little tip here, take your stuff off auto pay. Stop letting people have electronic access into your business accounts. Because if you have a month where somebody pays an invoice late or you have uh, sales that may be slower in a couple of weeks in the month, you are giving somebody else a chance to take your cash flow right out of your account. So you can put your utilities, your creditors, things like that. They don't have to have electronic access. And I know people push back and they say, well, I have a, you know, I have a appointment software and, you know, they must have a credit card. Of course they do. And that's, you know, 16, 18 pounds, maybe I'm talking about, do not allow your $161, you know, electric bill or whatever it is. Don't let them just go in there on the 10th of every single month and pull your money out. Mm. When you do that, you're losing your control over your cash. Mm. Yeah, this reminds me to my mom. She pay every bill herself. She wants yes. to go. Yes, she's 100% in control of her cash flow. And that is, that is your job as a business owner is to really be in control of those things. Oh. Um, I encourage my clients to sit down and intentionally pay their bills once or twice a month. Mm. depending on what you have laptop lifestyle versus brick and mortar whatever but it's this idea that you're going to sit down very intentionally and you're going to pay you know your individual expenses including your own paycheck uh what i don't want you to do though is you know i i worked with a boutique owner and you know she gave everybody electronic access to her checking account 
to the point where it, it became a liability. And once or twice, she ended up in overdraft because they would go in to, sometimes when you swipe a credit card or something, you know, you don't get that money deposited exactly the same day. In a lot of cases, it takes a couple of days. So she would maybe have money that hadn't been credited yet. Somebody will go in and they'll take money, put her in overdraft. Now she's got to dig herself out of overdraft and put her account positive before she can pay something again. Ooh. If you're in any line of business or any industry where you don't have consistent sales week over week, like a boutique, for example, or uh, anything where you have an invoice and somebody might pay you late, um, you know, those types of things, you need to make sure that people aren't putting your account in the negative. And that, again, has less to do with how much you're making every month and more to do with just managing your cash flow. Because yeah. again, people do end up sometimes making more money than, um, than their mistakes, right? So they're, they're having some issues. They're making money. It's all leaving. They don't know where it's going. And that's basically because maybe it's just the way that they're approaching it. Um, you just, you want to handle that cash flow. You want to make sure that you're cash flow positive every month. And that's the other part of, you know, turn stuff over to a bookkeeper. Go for it. You don't have to do profit and loss statements yourself. That doesn't have to be your job. If you don't like it, if it's not your zone of genius, turn it over. But so, know your numbers and keep your cash flow positive. So is that somehow the way that you double check the way your bookkeeper and your accountants work in that sense as well? Because you have to know about that. But how you communicate with them? So the way I communicate is actually I'll pass everything over. I'll just hand over all the books. All This is all the income. These are the expenses or whatever. And, you know, there's a couple different ways to do it. So one way to communicate to start from yourself is to actually keep a log of what your income is every day or every week. So the first thing you're going to do is write out every dollar, or every pound, every euro that comes in. And you will write down, you know, on the first, I made this. On the third, I made that. On the fifth, I made this. Sixth, I made that. Then at the end of the month, that's your number. That's your income number. Then week by week, you would sit down. And as you're paying your expenses out, you would calculate and, and keep track of those. I paid this on this date, this on this date, this on this date. And you have those two numbers. Um, you know, if you're doing the cash flow, I, I would say you write down what your weekly income is and what your weekly outgo is, including your paycheck, by the way. And whatever's left, your net for the week, you decide where it goes. Sometimes it'll sit in an operating account because you know that there's more money due. Sometimes you'll move it to a holding account because it's part of your emergency fund. Sometimes you'll move it and you'll segregate it written in a, in a like a check register because that money is set aside for marketing. All right. But basically what it is, is at the end of the month, you know what your income is and you know what your outgo is and you pass everything off to the bookkeeper. The bookkeeper usually figures your taxes. The bookkeeper will go ahead and do the data entry. The bookkeeper can do those things. And then when that information comes back to you, yes, you can double check your numbers. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to see when those numbers come back to you also, whether or not you're priced correctly. Mm. This is so powerful conversation. <laughs> I know you keep all the value here and like you didn't hold anything back. I so appreciate you. Absolutely. These, these things, these tips, these ways um, of managing money, again, it's a different approach from like profit first, but the idea is I want people to just be in control of that little bit. And that's the income that comes in. 
and deciding who gets paid what and when. Other than that, guess what? There are professionals who can do these other things. They can, they can run your numbers for you. Yeah, 100%. So for this thing, I know that people feel overwhelmed already. But because you are the expert in this and these things are very easy for you to just like take a look and help that business uh-huh. in that sense. So how can they reach out to you? So um, if you want to get your B number, let's say this is interesting to you and you're like, you know, I just, I really think I need to, need to figure out this, this number she's talking about. You can just go to entremoneycoach.com and it's right there. It's on the website. You will um, be able to get the, the sheets. They'll be downloadable to you. You just need your, obviously your, you put your email address in there and you'll get the sheets and then you can figure that out. Um, and then there's a place on there also, entremoneycoach.com to put yourself on my calendar and I will do a complimentary session to talk through your B number um, to see if we can figure out exactly what your next steps need to be. Particularly if you're struggling on this front, um, sometimes it's just for a couple of reasons. One is you're so new that you haven't given yourself enough time to start having that recurring income. But sometimes it is things like the market's changed and you have to change a little bit with it to stay competitive and to, to make sure that you're making money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Don. I mean, like, I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, I don't mean to overwhelm you. Just a couple, of, a couple of things to think about. Just because I um, I'm really passionate about keeping small business in business, and that is also because I like the money stuff. But I know there's a lot of people that don't like the money stuff, and they're not real fond of the business stuff. So I want them to bring their passions to the world and continue to make an impact without having to stress over the money stuff. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Get Unstuck Radio. If you enjoy the show, make sure you subscribe so you automatically get new show every week. I would love to if you left us the review. If you want to get unstuck, check my five-step entrepreneur freedom formula for scaling your business without sacrificing your lifestyle at worldwideweb.extraordinarilybymutita.com forward slash freedom speak then